eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third. We are live on YouTube. We are going to chat about NWSL Week 11. The halfway point is here. So, you know, we've got a preview for you and we're going to make some picks. We're also going to talk about some breaking news as well affecting the New Jersey New York Gotham FC match against Orlando Pride. So, uh, postponement in place. Make sure you all leave us your reactions to the postponement. Maybe leave us some of your picks. Who do you got this weekend? You know, we want to hear from you, so let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL analyst. On today's show, we're going to chat all things Week 11 preview across the NWSL, and we have to talk about the postponement for Challenge Cup. We're going to lead off with that. Uh, but how are you doing this morning, Jordan? Happy to see you. I'm good. Good to see you too, Sandra. I like your Bulls championship hat. I'm hoping in a few days I'll get to rock a Nuggets one just like that. I love that for you. For right? Folks who don't know, Jordan's out there ripping Denver right now, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. Um, when you don't have a, a literal horse in the race, you gotta <laughs> gotta gotta roll with your friends, right? Sure so I, I, I just want support. I appreciate it. Yeah, I gotta I gotta just give all my best wishes to my friends who are <laughs> who are who have a rooting interest. <laughs> Uh, Got to will it into existence. Yeah. Good game last night, though, by the Jordan. I know. I, I'm still watching. Even, even you know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm like, even if my team's not in, I still mm-hmm. want to watch all the, all the fun stuff. There's nothing like playoff anything, honestly. Anything. <laughs> Hockey <laughs> might be my favorite, like alternate sport to watch playoff. Yeah. Hockey, but um, man, yeah, the Nuggets are a fun team to watch. No matter kind of who you like when it comes to basketball, they they have. They have some players that are well worth the watch. So, um, yeah, you can't you can't beat playoff anything. The passion, yeah, I love it, is all there. 
No, it's it's the best. And I, look, I love that we're entering this this kind of midway point of the season in NWSL because we start to, you know, have a little bit more chatter about that kind of stuff. We're just like, all right, we've got a half of the season done and dusted in the books. What is this second half going to look like? Um, it's an exciting time. My favorite, maybe my my second favorite time in the in the NWSL, the halfway point of a season. Uh, but when, when everyone joined us um, the other day, our episode, we talked a little bit about Challenge Cup because there was a, a midweek match mm-hmm. that was going to take place in NWSL to kind of continue the group stage of Challenge Cup. Uh, we did a preview of it. We talked about the wildfires mm-hmm. and, and everything in, in, impacting uh, the East Coast right now. But we went ahead and made some picks anyway, just because at that time, there wasn't exactly an update on whether or not the game was going to continue. So we said, okay, in in light of that and the unknown variables, let's go ahead and make the pick anyway. And of course, with the, with all the moving parts that have to take place uh, behind the scenes and with monitoring situations and with a little extra time, the league went ahead and made the official announcement that that game has officially been postponed. So they went ahead and released a statement that said, due to poor air quality conditions in the New York metropolitan area, tonight's match between Gotham FC and Orlando Pride at Red Bull Arena has been postponed. And they further went on to state that the rescheduled match is going to now take place on August 9th at 7.30 p.m. And folks can catch that on Paramount+. And they went ahead and ultimately made this decision uh, in light of uh, the safety of players, officials, and fans. Um, and uh, I think this was the the right choice, Jordan. Did you, did you have any like immediate kind of knee jerk reactions when when you saw something like this finally get announced? Yeah, I think it happened pretty quickly after we got off recording, and we were kind of in the same boat here. Um, it's it's really difficult to play ninety minutes of mm-hmm. soccer no matter what, but <laughs> to add something that um, would significantly impact your lungs and um but yeah it was just a it was the right decision it's some of those pictures i think we've all seen by now out of the new york metropolitan area is they're not good and so i think it was the right decision um august 9th so that's at the end of you know kind of middle of the world cup break where a lot of challenge cup games are going to be played so it'll be interesting to see how that fits into those teams schedules there but it was the right it was the right choice and it takes a lot of people coordinating all those choices. So I'm glad it all came together Um, in enough time. You know, it was made probably what mid morning that they, they made that decision. So the teams could get on with it and um, start prepping for what's next. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I a hundred percent agree. I think it's the right call um, that was made. I was a little curious about, um, you know, how the announcement was going to look like, or, you know, when that, when that postponed, date was where it was going to fall and lie um because when we were when we were previewing this game I, I told you how it took me back like a few years back and how you know the pacific northwest is yeah. not unfamiliar with you know, ha- having to, to to deal with the the smoky effects and poor air quality around wildfires and in 2018 how i traveled to go cover the red stars in the rain and and there was a little bit of juggling there like were they going to play were they not going to play and ultimately um due to the air quality index they went ahead with the game as scheduled now there were alterations there were not only um, water breaks but there were two per half so you're talking 
four break stoppage mm. play. Uh, mm. And there was going to be oxygen available along with medical staff for both teams available on the sidelines. And ultimately that game, of, of course, you can imagine it, it ended up in a scoreless draw. Um, yeah. Obviously you have the, the effects of the wildfires um, and then, all those stoppages of play, right? You are never really able to kind of get into into the match. So yeah. this was in 2018. So to to, to see this announcement um, from the league, I, I had the similar reaction. I was like, "This is the right call. Yeah. This is this is the right choice." Um, and um, I know there are folks out there. I, I think my initial reaction to it too. I like tweeted it out. I just I just know going into this season, you know, it's year 11, and. Uh, everything you know kind of post investigations you know around this league yeah. and the headlines that have sort of followed it um i think people are you know looking at this year as kind of like that first official next step in this new era and there are folks out there who are always going to want like the actual proof right the the receipts or whatever of like the the league and, and its clubs doing the the right and correct thing um i don't know if like we can actually evaluate the league in this new area, that's going to come in a later time. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those things where you could look at and say, this is a correct decision that was made that I'm not sure it would have been made uh, five years ago. So um, things like, you know, having an air quality index, you know, protocol in place that maybe is not public, um, but is within game day operations that they can refer to and look at and, and, and kind of analyze and and move all and and have all those meetings around, you know, what's Mm -hmm. the right decision to make and, and everything else. So uh, glad to see the decision ultimately uh, come down and, and, and made official. Um, they also, you know, put put out, um, uh, you know, for folks who had tickets to the game and, and refunds and how folks can get uh, rescheduled tickets as well. If they want to go and, and support Gotham and or, or in Orlando um, right. uh, in August. So I um, thought it was the right move. And we'll just have to wait and see, Jordan. And if our pick was correct, I think we, uh, I believe we both went Gotham. Um, in, yes, in we did. So we'll have, to, we'll have to wait a couple months to see <laughs> if we were actually. We have to keep sure. the same picks. Uh, you know what? If you, want, if you want to change it, y'all let me it. I know we did the same thing with Angel City. I'd like to remix it to see if yeah. you wanted to go one way or the other. But we absolutely wanted to, to lead off the show uh, with that since we had talked a, a bit about it in our uh, previous episode. So that's been postponed. Stay tuned for that Challenge Cup match. Let's make some picks, Jordan. Okay. We're back We're back in, in the regular season. So just like that, we're back in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Week 11 is here. Let's start uh, with Racing Louisville FC versus... Versus San Diego Wave FC Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. This one's kicking things off for the weekend. We've got a couple teams with some momentum here. Uh-huh. I love it. I mean, uh, San Diego Wave kind of putting themselves in a position where you don't want to pick against a team like that just because of what they've been able to, uh, you know, put together out on the pitch. But I kind of feel similarly about racing Louisville. This is a team that has shown that they can hang and make some things uncomfortable for some of those upper half table teams. Do you have a winner in this one? Do you have a loser? You, you're feeling maybe the second of a draw? Well, I just, when you're talking, the first thing I think of is racing Louisville has been waiting for a year where they can say uh, they're a team with some momentum because it has been a tough start for the first couple of years for them. And they finally got into the place where they are one of the teams that we talk about in a really positive way of what they're building in racing. So this is a game that we're there at home. San Diego has been so good on the road, three victories on the road. No team in NWSL has gone four victories in a row on the road. 
but I don't think they're going to do it. I think this is going to be a draw because both of these teams, um, I think, ha- are, are creating enough going forward. San Diego, second most goals in the league right now. So they're, they're finding a way to find the back of the net um, as they did last week against Gotham. And so I think that racing is going to do enough to get on the board. I, I think there are going to be goals in this game, but I think that they're, they're going to split points because both of these teams have good defensive structures but attacking wise, they can give you a lot of different things that make it hard to manage. So goals, but it's going to be a draw, Sandra. Okay, that's, my, that's what I'm thinking. Look, I love it. You're you're coming right out the gate with the draw. I, know, I, I, I respect it. I look, I I respect the draw so much, especially in this league, because it's tough to get results mm-hmm. in NWSL. I think any player across any club will tell you that. Um, and I, I, this is this is the the match that I've gone a little bit back and forth on. I think it's appropriate. I think it's fitting that this is the game that's kicking off week yeah. eleven. That's really I like exciting. Friday games. Yeah, that it's re- and it's launching everyone into the official second half of the mm-hmm. season. Like this, this is the game, right? So I, I, I respect the the draw so much. But okay, bring it. Sometimes streaks come to an end, and I feel like maybe. This is going to be a challenge for the wave on the road against Louisville. I don't know if it's going to be this lopsided high goal scoring affair because I am with you 100% on some Mm -hmm. of the defensive shapes um, for for the team during stretches of the game. Um, But I think there's enough there for Louisville to have taken a look at over some of their previous yeah. matches to kind of build on and say, okay, let's get back to putting together a 98 minute performance and come out with a win, not just a result or a draw. Let's just come out with an actual yeah. win here. Uh, I, I, I think this is the game too, where that has two teams where there are still some individual performances where I, I want to see a little bit more from as well. That's another reason why I really like this, uh, this matchup. Um, how is Bjork again going to use Katlana? You know, is this, yeah. I want to see this player, um, you know, have one of those kind of statement kind of, you know, we've seen them already from like Savannah DeMello, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen the, um, the, this, the, the non-sophomore slump for um, Jalen Howell, you know, and what she's, she's quietly having a productive season really for, for racing as well. You know, Abby Ersig and, and Carson Pickett are showing that they're great pickups for this team in, in the off season. So there are still some pieces there that I'm looking at, for racing that I want to see them have those big games and those big yeah. moments, those highlight real type of moments. And I'm looking at Canoe and I'm looking at Kathleen as well. But it all really depends, I think, on how Bjorkergren um, kind of maps things out and tries to utilize those types of players. And I think I for, for racing as well, now that they've got Taylor Korniak I think you really want to see that kind of Taylor Korniak as type of game. Um, uh-huh. She's someone that they've been missing um, in the course of the first half of the season. And now it looks like they're finally getting her back and ready to go for this second half of the season. So I think if she has a really good game for San Diego, obviously, you know, things can look a little different there yeah, as well. Very different when she's on the pitch. Oh, yeah. I, I will say going back to racing, I, they've tinkered with who they've played at the nine over a number, not just this year, but last year as well. And I think they finally settled on Kirsten Davis. And I, I like Davis up there because of what she can add to this team. And she simplifies things for them. She is a good target nine. She can connect, connect the lines for them. And that's what they really need. They need someone to connect the line so DeMello can come in that free role to run forward when she's receiving the ball off of maybe a layoff from Davis. So I like what they have built with her. 
I, I agree with you. Some of those other players, especially Katlana, I want to see um, a little more from her, but they, she also needs more minutes. And I think they're being yeah. very cautious of building her back in after that Achilles injury, but they're hard to deal with. I, I like Wang Shuang comes all the way, like their fluidity and movement and how they switch lines is um, really interesting. I think last, when we did our recap, I, I was saying this racing squad tinkers with things and they, yeah. they give you little wrinkles that are hard yeah. to deal with that are very specific to the opponent. So I'm interested to see what they'll do against a San Diego wave team. Who's had success on the road. You kind of know what you're going to get from them. Um, how is Bjorka Grin going to game plan against that is going to be um, the thing to watch. Absolutely. Uh, you're going, you're going to draw. I'm going yeah. win for racing. I'm going narrow. Do you have a narrow draw? You have a, you have goals in this one. Oh, there's goals. I, I want to, I just, I think it's hard to, to stop um, Jaden Shaw, Alex Morgan combination. Yep. Um, so I, I'm thinking, I think it'll just be one-to-one. N- nothing crazy, but there's going to be goals. And, and racing's not unfamiliar with that at this point either. Yeah. So, there's only been know. one goal scored between these two teams. I mean, they've only played each other a couple of times, but um, so it's been r- rather low scoring games. But these teams feel feel a lot different this year, I would say too. Yeah, no, they they, they do. Um, all right, well, I'm curious. well, of course, we'll see how it, how it shakes out. Let's uh, let's pivot to another game. Uh, we've got Washington Spirit versus Angel City, a real East Coast versus West Coast battle. Mm-hmm. This one's kicking off 7 p.m. Eastern, at least, or excuse me, Jordan, when we're looking at, at this, at this matchup, um, I wanted to look at this matchup and say, there's going to be a clear winner. And I thought it was going to be Washington spirit. So I, I'll just, I'll lead okay. in this one and say, I'm, I'm going to go spirit okay. in this one, but I'm not making this pick with a lot of confidence, mm. even though we just saw a really tough uh, loss for, for angel city. Um, when we pre- when we recapped that game, we kind of gave it its own special attention, right? Because it was yes. its own game on Monday night. It wasn't a game that we got to recap right away. We had to wait till our midweek episode. Um, you were on the call. You got a you got the best close up of, of all of us yes. here. Um, and we kind of closed out that recap, saying like, look, they they had a loss, but they had some momentum going to close mm-hmm. out that game. Really huge. Um, a boost from the return of, of Sydney LaRue, whether it's just a morale or emotional kind of a boost going into this next week. Um, but I just don't know if that's going to be enough to carry them in a game against yeah. the spirit. Although I think the spirit closed out uh, their May, not as well as they did their April. Yeah. Um, I still think that they have enough pieces across their roster to come away with the win. Although I don't, think this is going to be some wild high scoring type of match despite on one side you have a hatch rodman uh sanchez you know and then on angel city mccaskill thompson and now larue back mm-hmm. in the mix. i just i just don't think this will boil down to like a four four wild draw or something like yeah. that i think there's a winner and a loser in this one but i'm, I'm gonna go spirit by a, by a slight right. edge just a slight edge okay. maybe this the game that catapults them back into the form that they've been looking for and really kick off their June. Yeah. I think if you look at these two lineups, um, like look at them and match them up and say, okay, I think, I think just from what the spirit have and who they could start with, this is looks like a better starting 11, just um, more consistent, cohesive. They know what is expected out of them in that four, four, two, but I would say the way Angel City has been trying to play, and if they can be effective in how they're trying to play, 
they want to get to the channels and they want to cross the ball. And when you're playing a 4-4-2 diamond, that is a space that can be overloaded. You can get a really compact midfield. So, um, you know, I was chirping on Angel City and their midfield and how I don't think they were doing good enough in getting the ball and and affecting the game. But now with so many numbers, if you think about it, there'll be there'll be seven numbers centrally in this match the space is going to be wide. So can they utilize that space to at least stretch the diamond out for Washington? And I think if Angel City can be good enough with the ball in building through the lines and stretching Washington out, they're going to have their chances through crosses, which they have the most crosses in the league. This is a team who is dependent on crossing the ball. Um, They just have to pick the right moment to, um, or the right ball to, to pick out in the box. So I... I'm kind of going with a wild card. I'm going to say okay. Angel City takes this I one on, on the road against Washington. Washington's on a three-game home run, and they've had two draws. And I, I think that that is what you were just saying, a little disappointing for them yeah. because when you look at their roster, they need to be more effective, especially at home. They, they haven't lost at home, but two draws um, in back-to-back games, especially this last one being um, up a man for a significant yep. chunk of the end of the game. Um, they, they need to be more effective in the box. So I'm going to go angel city. I think it's going to, um, it's going to be a good game. There's going to be goals in it, but um, what I'm most interested to see is this is a big question mark for us. When we talked about our national team um, rosters and our locks, we're going to see Andy Sullivan and we're going to see Julie Ertz and they're going to be playing against each other. Who can figure out how to break the other team down? And I know that these aren't like playmaking type players, but they are, they start the attack. A lot of the time, those two players, you want them on the ball. You want them to start the attack. So can they positively affect attacks going forward for their squads? But also, how good are they defensively in those moments where they have to be shifty and and block up plays at the top of the box? Um, I know it's not a like-for-like matchup. Like, they're not going to go head-to-head against each other. No, it's a good 1v1, though, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. It is a good one to keep an eye on because there's a lot of chatter about these two mm-hmm. players and how effective they can be this summer. No, I love that. Yeah, I think I think that's the other exciting part about when you get, when you get to this point in a season that you've got – all these weeks of, of matches to take a look at and you you've got players who are um you know maybe uh, you know they have like a breakout game throughout mm-hmm. those previous 10 weeks or they've had some standout performances for their teams you know i, I mean we, we talk about it even with these bottom table teams that even though they're struggling to get points on the table you can look across the roster and say okay even though your team is not having a great season here's a player that's yeah. performing well for for team a b or c right and angel city i think is is one of one of those teams as well that we've, we've kind of have had in that conversation um but i think those those are really good points that yeah. you bring up i love that we're we are starting off the show with a little bit of parody draw yeah angel city spirit I love it. We'll we'll see, though. We'll see. We started (laughs) off with our picks not too long ago the same way, and then we ended up making similar picks all the way around. So we'll see. We've got more to make. Stick with us. We're going to take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They say patience is a virtue. But for some things, we can't wait. All right, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep making some predictions for week 11. Let's start with Chicago Red Stars and North Carolina Courage for this segment. This one's kicking off on Saturday at 8 p.m. The Courage uh, hit a little bit of a snag, got a loss that they're coming off of heading into week 11. The Red Stars coming off of two consecutive regular season wins. Uh, Would you say one team has more momentum going into a match like this? Um, the Red Stars are at home, Jordan. Does that sway you any one way or the other? What, who do you feel is going to get the, the points in this one? Or are they going to split them? Oh, I hate I hate splitting points, and I don't want to do it. So you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a winner in this one, which is going to be. You know, I loved what I saw from Chicago because it was the fight that we saw in the cohesion and the togetherness in that game on Monday night, they have two back-to-back wins. They are unbeaten. I don't know if you realize this unbeaten against North Carolina at home in Chicago, which is, you know, think about North Carolina and how good they've had. They've had spells where they've been by far the best team in this league. So maybe Chicago has North Carolina's number, but one of the things that North Carolina has loved doing this year is they want the ball and they want it all game yep. long. They have gone from about 55% to 70% possession in games, which is mad, Sandra. Like they are so good um, at keeping the ball and manipulating defenses. And on, is it Toyota Stadium or Toyota Field? What's the, the where is the Red Stars play? It is now the newly branded SeatGeek Stadium. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, folks, folks refer to it sometimes as the Geek. They yeah. Show the okay, geek. there we yeah. go. They so have the fun geek, with it. The Geek. Um, forget I said those other two words. <laughs> um, the Geek is a large field. I remember playing there as a player, and it is so ginormous. That is going to favor North Carolina because they're going to stretch the Chicago team out, and I think North Carolina takes this one first win on the road against Chicago. And um, a lot of it is going to have to do with that midfield of Speck, O'Sullivan, and Narumi, who have been so good, so good. I, they balance each other really well. They they see ideas that they each one can execute. And I think Speck has been a little bit of the workhorse in there. Usually it's O'Sullivan, but I think it's been more Speck, um, which frees up O'Sullivan and Narumi to to play the ball, like play that line breaking pass or be creative in the way that they build the ball up. So unfortunately I'm going against the red stars and the lucky hey. pine cone, but I don't know the lucky pine cone could be the difference <laughs> yeah. maker. The X factor, right? How can we forget about the lucky pine cone? Listen, I think you make incredibly valid points. And I think 
you might be correct in, in this one. Look, the other side of that coin, though, we're talking about possession. It's interesting to even mention this when we're talking about the Red Stars because something that's been coming out of the coaching staff is 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 possession or, or Chicago's struggle or lack of that because they started this season with that as part of their team identity. They wanted to have the ball. Yeah. They wanted to make sure that they were on the ball at all times and make it difficult uh, for other teams to – to try to play through them essentially. And that has not quite panned out mm-hmm. for this team over the course of their first half of the season. They've made some minor adjustments, right. That we've seen in these um, previous two regular season results. And um, they maybe are showing themselves that they can do a little bit more when they concede some of mm-hmm. that possession as well. And I think at this point, when you are sitting this low in the bottom half of the table and you are about to embark on the second half, you maybe have to lean into the things that are working for your team. Oh, so absolutely. maybe yeah. we will see this. We will see, we'll continue to see Carolina's style through this second half of the season. They will come into um the SeatGeek Stadium and, and and keep that ball and want to retain it and try to make sure yeah. that they're going to do, you know, cool things with it, like score goals. <laughs> uh, maybe Chicago's going to have to be content to to try to concede a little bit of that. I'm going to – I'm very curious to see how it's going to all shake out. But I love that you brought up the record with Chicago against mm-hmm. North Carolina Courage at home. I think it's an important one to, to keep an eye on or keep yeah. in the back of your mind. Um, there's been some really good battles between these two clubs in the past. Uh, but as we look at these teams coming together now – two very different teams in terms of the personnel that are going to be involved on both sides of the pitch. So it's tough for me to let go of some of that history, even though I know what we're looking at in present day. Um, But I still think there's not enough for Chicago here to get a win, but I do think they might have enough to get a draw. So this, this is actually going to be my draw for the week because while the courage like to keep the ball and they have shown us that they are capable of playing some very pretty soccer. They haven't quite shown us that they're capable of stacking up and racking up those goals. And Chicago has shown that they've been able to get one or possibly two now in a close tight kind of contested match. And that's why I think this one might come down to a a narrow draw. Yeah. Matchup for the game for me, Caroline Kruger. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Make sure you tune in folks and take a look at that one. Let's make another pick. Let's uh, let's go with uh, another Midwestern team going up against a West coast team. This time it's OL rain versus Kansas city current. This one, your NWSL action after dark, it's going to kick off at 10 PM Eastern. Okay. We've got the current coming off of a win. Jordan. Does this sway you in any type of way as they go up against a team who are, let's be real, considered contenders to go out and win titles this year? It does not sway me. All right. It does not sway me. Although I think that Kansas City got their groove back last game. We saw them play more like themselves than we have and I would say themselves is what we saw at the end of last year, where um, you're, they weren't overthinking that the the movements and the transitions between offense and defense were very fluid, um, where I feel like when they switched coaches this year, it felt like everybody was trying to do the right thing for the coach, which I totally appreciate. And I know I've been there at some point in my career but they, they started trusting their instincts again. And I think that that allowed them to get a good win at home. But when 
there's there's a little bit of baggage in this game, Sandra. The last time Kansas City went to OL Reign, it was a two to zero win in oh, the yeah. semifinal to push Kansas City into the championship last year. So I was kind of looking at what OL Reign OL Reign at home. They lost four to one. They won four to one. They just lost two to zero. I'm going. They're going to win two to zero. I I just feel like they they they're in a pattern. It's a loss win, loss win. So the win is up next. They're going, um, trying to give Kansas City a little taste of their own medicine as yeah. Kansas beat them two to nothing at um, Lumen Field last year. It just it feels like this Rain squad, even even in when they're not winning, they're knocking on the door. And I think that that's always been the big question mark: is can they execute in the attacking third to make these beautiful buildups or the, these moments where you're like, they are unstoppable and then they don't hit the frame. Yeah. Um, can they capitalize on those? I think it's going to be, um, you know, tighter than some of the games we've seen at Lumen Field for the rain and an opponent this year, because I feel like Kansas City has done a good job of finding some cohesion in this really tight, compact block that they played in the last game. They need to stick to those same principles defensively. But I, I, I'm thinking the rain take this one. All right, this is going to be a game where you and I pick the same team. Okay, I'm also going to go. go. I'm going to go rain as well. The, we were due for one. We were due for one. Yeah. This is going to be the match. I'm, I'm because I'm in agreement with everything that you, you, you've stated so far. I think this is maybe going to be that kind of little bit of a bounce back game um, for for the rain. I think they're disappointed to have uh, closed yeah. out that game against Portland the way they did. Big rivalry game at home. You know, you never yeah. want to do that in front of your home home yeah. side against your against your biggest rival. I mean, and again, we're doing these ahead of. Um, you know, uh, availability reports and, and when they drop, right? Yeah. And I, I know everyone's curious to see, is is this going to be the game that um, Roosevelt is is possibly uh, available for? But I, I think, again, the Rain are a deep team in the league. They've showed that they are going to be able to compete with or without her at this point. And I think even when you're looking at the opposition against Kansas City, they definitely have enough to compete. They definitely have enough to make sure that they dominate the midfield or yeah. at the very least kind of isolate some things or cancel some things out. And I would love, love, love to see Elise Bennett get another start with yeah. Laura Harvey yeah. against her former team against Kansas City current and I would really love for her to get a goal as well you love that to see that kind of stuff those are the storylines that we, yeah. we take a look at and, and keep an eye on so I'm I curious just, to see who's going to be in that starting 11. Yeah I'll, and with that point who's going to be in the starting 11 I think if OL Reign has Jess Fishlock in the starting 11 it helps them against this Kansas City side because if you look at their midfield they're quick they're pacey. They, they have a good yeah. agility and Jess Fishlock can match that. Whereas I don't feel like they had that with Quinn in the last game. So I think with Jess Fishlock in there, if she's available, yeah. that would be a really big boost for OL Reign. I mean, not just because she's Jess Fishlock, but yeah. when you're talking about that matchup in the midfield. No, hundred percent. Cause I mean, look, let's, let's not, you know, let's not act like any team can get the better of any team on any given Sunday. This is again, one of those, those matches. I mean, who knows? Yeah. There could be a moment where, you know, Kansas city realizes like, Hey, listen, we're not going to get a lot of chances. So we'll just have to be clinical when we can. Well, that's you know, what they were. And the they're capable of that. Yeah. 
they're capable of that. Yeah. You know, with now the return of Chris and Hamilton, and they still got CC Kaiser and, and Davinia. We know can always make exactly pay for mistakes and on a dime. So um, I'm curious again. I'm curious to see who's going to be a who's going to be available and who's going to be in that starting lineup specifically for uh, Laura Harvey. But we're both going rain in this one. We think there's enough there for them to get the bounce back in the regular season for this one. So we'll see if we're correct. It's always dangerous when we go two for two in a, in a game, no matter who's on the show making the picks. So we'll see where we lie with the remainder of our final picks. We've got two more games to get through, but stick with us right after a break. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. The Portland Thorns fly east for their battle with Orlando Pride. Sunday on CBS Sports Network. All right, let's make our final two picks of the weekend. We are going to start with Houston Dash versus Gotham FC. This one is going to help close out week 11. It's kicking off on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Gotham does not have a midweek match under their belt now going into this game. Jordan, does that sway you? Does the, uh, you know, return of uh, of Juan Carlos Amaros to, to Houston sway you? Is there some type of extra motivation there or added motivation to, to kind of go out and, and, and nab this win? Even though Gotham is coming off of a, of a loss, uh, does that sway you? Do you think that they're going to get back in the win column with a game like this? Gotham? Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. I, I, I do. I think Gotham's taking this one. Um, but there, there's a few things that I'm, I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. One, what has Gotham done to get away? I mean, if you can't play a game, you can't train in the condition. So have they after the game was canceled, did they manage their travel so they could get to Houston a little bit earlier to get some trainings in, in a place where they could play outside? Um, how are they managing these, these couple days where a real curveball has been thrown their way that nobody was expecting? Um, so I think the management of those things for Gotham is going to be important for Houston. This is a team who hasn't been good at home and somehow they found a way last week to find a victory whatever they did to prep for that game, whoever did the pregame speech, whoever um, they high-fived on the way in, maybe just recreate all those things because it worked for them. They, they put on a performance that they should be proud of at home. So they, they're going to need that same type of energy. But the reason I go with Gotham is I look at the midfield of this Gotham, Gotham squad and 
they are so intelligent and their footballing quality and ideas when they have the ball, I think is just going to overpower this Houston team. Now, Houston's been good in, in games where they haven't had a lot of the possession. And um, I think of that Kansas city game where they score just on the brink of halftime to through a quick transition with uh, Sanchez and Ordonez being the two that connected on the end of that. So I think Houston, Houston will pose problems for Gotham because of the way that they can go quick in transition. And sometimes I think this Gotham back, back line can be susceptible to that. We saw it at home um, early on in that, that or early on in the second half of their last match, but I, I got to go Gotham with just the way that Juan Carlos Amaros has them playing. And they are so, tricky with how they build the ball up and and what areas they decide to execute their plays in in Williams they have Lynn Williams who is going to be rested and she is just difficult for Texas in general she scores goals she has four goals four assists and eight away games um, against the dash that's a pretty good record if you're Lynn Williams um I mean, it's easy to have that many goals against a team when you have 60 in the league. So um, it, it's going to be a handful for Houston. So I, I have to go with the dash. I think they're, they're going to run away with this one. I mean, I'm going to go with Gotham. They're going to run like, away. Hold on a second. I'm like, you dropped a – Yeah, I'm going to go. I love what you mentioned about Lynn Williams, though. That's that's always such a mic drop. It's so, at this point, you know, in terms yeah. of her, her form for for the league and what we've seen her kind of, you know, do for Gotham week in and week out. It's just, it's just even when she's not scoring – you know, just this player that teams have to constantly account for. It's like no one wants her sprinting at them defensively while they're trying to build the ball out of the back. Like, no, thank you. I don't want it. Yeah. So I, I'm also going with Gotham in this yeah. one. As, as as high as I am right now on Ordonez, Sanchez, Alozi, mm-hmm. um, I think this is a, is the trio that maybe the dash need to continue working with a little bit um, in this second half of the season. I know they maybe try to to get that unit to work with, with Salmon, Sanchez, and Ardonias, but it just didn't click, um, I think, the way they were anticipating. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm curious about the availability reports, who's going to be available in this match for, for both sides um, of the pitch. But uh, I'm with you. I think even with this this recent loss – for, for Gotham. It's not one where they're going to keep their heads down for too long. They know they can go up against the team in the dash and account for their threats. I think they're going to take a look at what's been out there uh, for, for Houston at this point. I think they're going to try to task someone with sticking with Maria Sanchez because she's yeah. so obviously the catalyst and the key to their entire attack. Doesn't it, it, it's, she's shown us that it doesn't matter if it's or, or Donius who's available or unavailable or Salmon or Lozi at this point, as long as you've got Sanchez in some capacity yeah. kickstart that attack, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. There's enough out there right now at this point for teams to say, well, we try to contain this right. aspect of their, their attack. Yeah. We'll be okay everywhere else. And I think that uh, Juan Carlos Amaros knows that probably better than anyone at this point. Uh, so I'm also going with Gotham in this one. Look, we 
we're we're starting to do this, Jordan. We're starting to make the same picks. It gets in a row. <laughs> it makes it dangerous when we do that. But again, well, if we're incorrect, we'll have to talk about it and see, and see <laughs> how it happened and, and see why. So um, we're both going Gotham in this one. That means we have one final pick to make for the episode. Let's close it out with Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns FC. This one also helping to kick, uh, close out week 11. It kicks off on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch this one on CBS Sports Network, so make sure you don't miss out. Portland coming off of a big regular season win against their rivals, Noel Rain and the Pride, trying to get back in to that win column. Yeah. I got to say, Jordan, I'm just going to make this one quick for me. Do it. I don't think this is the game where they get back in that win column. I don't think they do it against the Thorns. Thorns, just too good this season. Like, looking like a team who are trying to run it back. I'm going Thorns. Yeah. I am not going to – I'm not going to do anything crazy here, and I'm going to say the Thorns as well because I think this – I want to talk about Orlando, though, against this Thorns team because Orlando has – you know, we've seen the only rookie player to play every single minute in this Orlando Pride team, and it's Emily Madrill, and she's been really good and settled her way into playing as a center back. And when I'm thinking about how you manage this uh, Thorn squad, it really has to do with how how organized, how good your communication is when you're in the your defensive structure and how compact you can be to deny them um, some of the trickery they like to have at the top of the box. So I think this is going to be the biggest test we see for Emily Madrill. And, yeah. and for her to say, okay, I'm going up against not just the best forward right now and Sophia Smith, but against midfielders where now I have to manage the players in front of me and my midfielders, my sixes, which I think Orlando might need to play with two sixes in this match just to help protect that space in front of their uh, center backs. Can she manage um, her teammates, but also the spacing, um, how she closes space? She has the recovery speed to get, if the ball is played through, she can um, get back and cover that. So I, I think this will be a really big test for Madrill. And not like it's it's pass-fail, because for her, she's young, and she's going to continue to use every single game as a way to propel herself in in her progress in this league. So I, I'm interested to see how she handles this game. But just what I'm saying, you know, you're, you're going to be constantly thinking about how many different weapons this Portland Thorns team has. And if it's not those two people, it's Crystal Dunn. It's, uh, it's Christine Sinclair coming off the bench. It's how they utilize their outside backs to get in the play. It's the the youngster, Olivia Moultrie, and what she can do. I mean, get out, Sandra. We could talk about all these players and yeah. how difficult they are. Um, the biggest thing for the Thorns is how they manage a cross-country trip because we saw them um, – the last time they went all the way across, I think, was against North Carolina, and that was a 3-3 game. Yep. I called that game. It was absolutely bonkers and fun and wild. Um, so I, I do think there are going to be goals in this game for the Pride. It's just can they manage um, their spacing and their defensive structure against just a high fly yeah. Portland squad? No, I'm with you. I think that's a, a valid point to make. You know, don't ever let anyone tell you that 
travel is irrelevant. I think when you're, especially when you're making a truly West Coast trip to an East Coast trip, yeah, like opposite sides of the yeah, literally, it's it's tough on the body for sure. Um, I think it's an important point that you make. One I agree with. Um, look, this is going to be the second time these two teams go head to head. I mean, Orlando had to open up their season against. Yeah. The- Thorns squad, you know, and it was not a pretty game. I mean, it was completely lopsided victory for the Thorns all the way. It was a 4-0 blowout, um, and Orlando looked lost. They looked like they didn't have a lot of ideas and how to counteract or or, um, react to to what they were being presented by the Thorns, essentially. So um, I think it might be a little different. I'm with you in that maybe there's going to be some goals and and Orlando might have enough to to get one of their own. But that doesn't mean I think that they're going to walk away with a win in this one. I think you're motivated by that kind of stuff. I'm more than sure and 100% positive that this team has had this game maybe marked on their calendars. They don't want to go out there and sustain another kind of demoralizing lopsided victory. If anything, they're going to want to show that they are not the same team that they were in March, that they are now in June. Cause they're, and the truth is they're not. So they're not. I, right. I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to see, um, you know, a, a competitive match, some good individual one V one battles on the pitch. But again, we were talking about depth for OL Reign. We got to talk about that here with the Thorns. You mentioned it. I agree with it. It's just a really deep bench. They just have mm-hmm. so many pieces that they can roll out there to impact the game. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, we're going to see that come to light again in a match like this um, with the Thorns and yeah. Orlando. So I think they just have a little bit more in theirs. I, I agree. One last point is mm-hmm. you, you mentioned how different a team this Orlando pride is. And I think it all pivots on that game when they won away at San Diego, yep. they went down a goal early. They went down a goal really early and they managed to come back and win mm-hmm. that game three to one. And they went down a goal early in Portland and they couldn't find themselves back in the game. They were lost. And I think one of the things you see with some of these teams, I think racing North Carolina and Orlando are three of the teams I think of right off the top of my head. They are, they had some really tough mistakes at the beginning of the year, like really tough mistakes, shot themselves in the foot, were putting themselves in bad positions, but they kept working through that. And they said, we're going to commit to how we want to play. We're going to make some mistakes. We're going to learn from them and we're going to get better. And I, I think this pride squad has made giant leaps and I like what they're trying to do under sub Hines. I think he really has a good grasp on the culture and, and this squad is mentally in such a different place than they were in that first game. So even if they go down a goal, I think that they are going to have the fight to get back in this in some way or shape or form because they've also prided themselves on, okay, can we be better at home so we can get more people to come to our games and make this a really difficult place to play? Um, but that that hinges on wins. It hinges on performances. So I think they're going to come out with a good performance. It's just not going to be able to to break this Thorn squad down enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Well, well, you know what, Jordan, we'll have to keep an eye on it because <laughs> we started off with some parody in this episode, <laughs> different uh, different picks. But guess what? We're closing it out with three of the same picks now for this episode. So we'll see if we're correct and where our uh, picks land in a mm-hmm. recap. But that is a wrap for us today on A3. Thank you all so much for joining us on Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. So go ahead and subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on Sunday following two matches that are going to take place. 
Houston versus Gotham, and Orlando versus Portland. So come and kick it with us for a full recap. All right, stay tuned. For Sandra Dada and Jordan Angeli, this was Attacking Third.